Drink water, check. <coughs> Clear throat, check. Test microphone, check. Close cabinet, check. You're listening to Tripod, the trilingual podcast in its English version. If you're passionate about the miracle of human language and human voice, you've reached your destination. Are you an Egyptian colloquial Arabic learner, a modern standard Arabic learner, a classical Arabic learner, an Arabic learner anyways, any other language learner? You've reached a new world. Well, a new language is a new world. Welcome to... Work like an Egyptian. Rather, talk like an Egyptian. Thank you for joining the very first room on Clubhouse from the club Talk Like an Egyptian. This club is derived from the newly released book Talk Like an Egyptian Bilingualism. It's co-authored by Matthew Eldritch and myself, Ala Abu Noor. I know my name is a bit difficult. So today I will be giving a very brief um, intro or orientation on the Arabic language in general, all the way to the Egyptian dialect or the Egyptian colloquial Arabic, and then an introduction to the book, and then we will go through Kida which is the very first chapter of the book, and it's one of the very high-frequency uh, used words in Egyptian Arabic. And then afterwards, we can have questions. So let me just introduce myself to you guys, uh, a little bit about myself. My name is Alaa Abu Noor. I'm Egyptian, of course, from Alexandria. I'm a trilingual voiceover artist and language specialist. I have specialized in the Turkish language. However, my, my passion for English and Arabic has never stopped. I taught Arabic, I taught English, I taught Turkish, and I do voiceover in classical Arabic, in modern standard Arabic, in Egyptian colloquial Arabic. I do voiceover as well in Northern American English and in the Istanbul standard Turkish. Uh, I'm, uh, I have a master's degree in the Turkish semantics and linguistics applied on Arabic into Turkish Quran translation, and I have three published books in Egyptian colloquial Arabic, the last of which I've just mentioned. Talk Like an Egyptian, which has been released uh, May 2021. Uh, like I just mentioned, let's just go deeper into Arabic. I mentioned earlier that I do a voiceover in Classical Arabic, Modern Standard Arabic, and Egyptian Colloquial Arabic. Of course, anyone can say that I, I want to learn Arabic. However, that's a very broad sentence or that's a very broad goal to, to set. When we say Arabic, you, you have to be like aim-oriented. Why exactly do you want to learn Arabic? Of course, we know that it's one of the top spoken languages in, in the world. It's spoken by 350 million people around the world. It's a Semitic language, and it's, uh, it has a very um, sacred status or a high status for uh, 1.8 billion Muslims around the world. And it's formed of, its alphabet is 29 letters. It's a very uh, deeply rooted language, a very ancient one. And it has 16,000 root words. And when I say root words, it's not words as in vocabulary. It's root words. Uh, the Arabic language, when, when you have a root word, you can have up to 40-something derivatives from the very same root. So to that extent, it's very multi-diverse and, and very rich and multi-layered language. Now, going to, the, to how linguists, and especially non-Arabic linguists, classify uh, Arabic, they classify it into classical Arabic, and then modern standard Arabic, and then colloquial Arabic. 
Now, classical Arabic is the, the, the clearest example of it is the Quran, which is the, the holy book for Muslims, and ancient poetry as well. Uh, the Quran was uh, revealed 1400 years ago, and at that time, the Arabs were so eloquent, they, were, they would like, say good mornings in, in poetry. They were so poetic, and we can say that they, they, they could you know, like improvise poetry just on the spot. And when we say poetry, because I used to write poetry in English when I was in high school, but uh, just amateur poetry, to write a, a verse of poetry in, in English is much, much easier than it is in Arabic. In Arabic, it's a whole different system that has to have within a morphological aspect, kind of like a certain tone that you have to go through, just like uh, melodies in a way. So to that extent, they, they kind of reached a peak, and this is why uh, Muslims believe that this is the language that was chosen by God to carry his final message. So it was challenging, and it wasn't poetic, it wasn't poetry. And the interpreters of the Qur'an use poetry, use ancient poetry, Arabic classical ancient poetry, as a reference to interpret some of the vocabulary in the Qur'an. And likewise, the Qur'an has now become the main reference for classical Arabic. So if you want to look up, look up something, or if you want to uh, check or double-check something, you can have it referenced from the language of the Qur'an. So it has become like the protector or the, the main reference and the main margin for the classical Arabic. Uh, a little bit about the Qur'an, it's, it's 30 parts, uh, including of 114 surahs. Surah is like the chapter, a special name for the, for the parts of the Qur'an. It's, uh, it has like 6,236 ayah, and ayah is like the verse, but verse is more, more used with, with poetry. Yet ayah in Arabic means a sign, so it's like every line is a sign in itself. And it's consisting of 77,437 words. So this is the same book, uh, all the way from 1442 years ago, and until today it's the same number of words, the same copy that is around every Muslim around the world. So this is, like we said, the reference for the classical Arabic. Uh, by the way, classical Arabic in its early ages had no dots, no diacritics. When we say diacritics, it's the tashkil. I think you guys know it. It's the signs put to give the vowel sounds. And uh, guess what? It had no prolonged vowels as well. Uh, back in the time, the alif and the waw and the ya, they only had the, the, the function of a sound and w sound, and then y sound. In the early, um, uh, in the early generations, I think, like, uh, I'm not, I'm not quite sure about that, but maybe four centuries or five centuries later, it, it has become when so many people have accepted Islam and started learning the Qur'an, being not Arab, they couldn't understand it that easily. So these uh, additions were made to the language by adding dots and by adding diacritics later on and by using a and w and y. Uh, as a prolonged vowel, uh, vowel sound, which just proves the point that how, to, the, to what extent, the Arabs back then, when it was first revealed, were the, have reached already the peak. So it was very challenging for them. And even uh, up to this day, it's still challenging as a text, because it, it doesn't only require a certain type of reading, rather it has something that's called recitation rules. So even the phonetic, the phonetic aspects of every letter in the Qur'an, that's, that's only uh, special for the Qur'an, changes according to the modes of recitation. So this is pretty much all about the classical Arabic. The main reference for it is the Qur'an and, of course, ancient poetry, like we said. Now, going down to the second level is the modern standard Arabic. We can say that this is, you know, uh, when we say Fusha Arabic, it carries both. 
the classical and the modern standard. And then when we say Ammiya, which is the colloquial or the dialect, it carries all the different uh, dialects of Arabic and all the colloquial Arabic uh, language. Going down from the classical Arabic to the modern standard Arabic, we can say that it's a diluted version of classical Arabic that's used nowadays in, in official mediums. It's like a simple proper Arabic, a simple Fusha, a simplified version of Fusha. It's not that classical, you know, it, it's not the same language of old poetry or, or the same language of the Quran. However, it is a, a simple uh, version of Arabic used in the official mediums, like in documents, in politics, in news, uh, in contracts, throughout all the Arab countries, when you, when you would write something, or when you would write a contract, it, it has to be written in a modern standard Arabic. In the news, of course, we listen to the news. Uh, all the Arabs listen to news in modern standard Arabic, in documents and uh, politicians and so on. But when we speak in the street, when we speak with, with everyone around, we never use modern standard Arabic. So this will take us down to the next level, which is the colloquial Arabic. Now, the colloquial Arabic is very uh, diverse. We, have, we can classify it mainly into the Egyptian colloquial Arabic. We have the Levantine colloquial Arabic. We have the Gulf colloquial Arabic. And we have the Moroccan or Tunisian colloquial Arabic. Each of them can be looked at as a language family of its own. Uh, when we say Levantine, it includes the Syrian colloquial Arabic. It includes the Jordanian colloquial Arabic, the Palestinian colloquial Arabic, and the Lebanese colloquial, colloquial Arabic. When we say Gulf, uh, it, it already includes the, the Saudi, the Emirati. When we say Moroccan, because uh, as Arabs, we call these countries the Moroccan lands, which is Morocco, Algeria, Algeria, and Tunisia. They all have something in common when it comes to the colloquial system of it. But of course, the Algerian colloquial is different from the Tunisian colloquial is different from the Moroccan colloquial. So to that extent, it's very, very diverse. Now, when we go to the Egyptian colloquial, it's the most commonly understood by all Arabs, and this is why it's the most commonly uh, learned as well. If we ask ourselves why would, would that be, one, it's because, like we said, there are around 350 million Arabs. 100 million Arabs alone are only in Egypt. So this, this has to do with it. Uh, this is one. Number two, of course, is the geopolitical and cultural status of the country uh, among the Arab countries in general. And thanks to the media, because they call Egypt the Arab wood. It's, it's very common that, that any uh, Arab around the, the Arab world would, would be familiar with Egyptian top celebrities from the movies and from the series and from the media in general. But it's not very much the same when it's the other way around. If you ask me about the top celebrities in Syria, I wouldn't really much know, except those who happen to, you know, uh, contribute to Egyptian movies or Egyptian uh, series and so on. And of course, when people learn the Egyptian colloquial Arabic, they tend to learn the standard, which is the Kyrene, uh, the Egyptian colloquial Arabic used by the people of Cairo, the capital. So the Kyrene Egyptian colloquial Arabic. Does this mean that there are no other colloquials within Egypt? Of course not. There, are, there is the Alexandrian Egyptian colloquial, and it's very much close to the Kyrene, except for some diacritics when used uh, around some verbs. and very, very minor vocabulary as well. We have the Delta accents or dialects, and they are very much diverse. We have the Saidi, which is in, in Upper Egypt. So each and every one of them is, is totally different from the other. However, of course, they all have the same system. And looking at all of that, they all have the same system when it comes to uh, Arabic in general. So when you say, I want to learn Arabic, you have to be target-oriented. 
It doesn't make sense for someone who wants to learn Arabic, for example, let's say to learn the Quran or to study the Quran, to be learning the Lebanese colloquial Arabic. It, it will not help them. Or for someone, so it, it, some people, of course, learn the language just for the love of learning a new language. And it's a mental and a cognitive and, and your logical workout. And it's, it's awesome. It's a great thing. However, for those who are purpose-oriented, they have to know what, why they are learning this language. And because so many people learn Arabic, when uh, I've, I've met so many people who are foreigners living in Egypt, and they would come thinking that just because they know modern standard Arabic, they can simply just get along with anyone around. But that's not the case. So uh, if you're coming to live in a certain country, then you need to learn the basics, at least of this Egyptian colloquial, uh, of, of the colloquial, sorry, Arabic of it. Um, accordingly, if, if you're coming to Egypt, then learn a little bit of Egyptian colloquial. If you're coming to, to, to Lebanon, then learn the Lebanese or the Levantine in general, uh, colloquial Arabic and so on. If you want it for a career, for a translation, for the, to, to work in some uh, official mediums, for politics whatsoever, then you really need to learn the modern standard Arabic and so on. This was a very, very, as much as I, as I could, a very, very brief intro to the Arabic in general. I'm sorry if it took a little bit uh, longer than it should. But uh, going next, I will be giving a very brief intro to our club. Now, Talk Like an Egyptian, like we said, is derived from uh, the book Talk Like an Egyptian Bilingualism. It was co-authored by uh, Matthew Eldridge and myself, Ella Abunur, and the publisher is Lingualism. Lingualism is a website. Uh, it's a language learning website, and it publishes so many books in, uh, in, in many languages, mostly in Arabic, and it's very... Um, focused on uh, different colloquial Arabic. So you will find Tunisian uh, books and you will find Lebanese books and Egyptian books and so on for those who are interested as well. Of course, the book is available on Lingualism as an ebook, and it's available on Amazon as a paperback copy. Talk Like an Egyptian will also be, um, this room is recorded, so it will be uh, edited later and transformed into an episode of Talk Like an Egyptian, which will be hosted by a podcast called uh, Tripod, the Trilingual Podcast, a podcast created by me. It's still in its early stages, and it will be posting uh, episodes of things around human language and human voice in Arabic and in English and in Turkish as well. This is why it's called Tripod, the Trilingual Podcast. Back to the intro of the book. I'm coding here. If you're old enough, you will remember learning to walk like an Egyptian back in the 1980s. Little did you know back then that you would be learning to talk like an Egyptian decades later. But that's easier said than done. One of the greatest challenges in learning any language is mastering idiomatic expressions. So you can sound more natural and better understand native speakers. Most learning materials, dictionaries, and even course books may present idiomatic expressions and adverbs but usually with a simple translation and little guidance on when and how to use them. And that's why Talk Like an Egyptian is a unique and powerful language learning tool for intermediate learners. We go into depth with each word or phrase, providing detailed explanations, both literal and figurative translations and dialogues that show you just how native speakers use it in context. We were careful to include only natural, high-frequency expressions in current use so that you can be confident in using them to sound more fluent and impress your Egyptian friends. Yalla bina. Let's go. Now, the book is, is divided into main six uh, sections. The first section is key expressions. Section number two, being negative. Section number three, addressing people. Section number four, numbers and idioms. Section number five, God. Section number six, hand. 
and it's all about idiomatic expressions around uh, these main uh, titles. Today we will start right away in the very first chapter of section one, which is key expressions. We will be discussing the meaning and the usage of the word kida. Now, other Arabs, uh, non-Egyptian Arabs, always refer to Egyptian Arabic as the language of kida and the language of ba'a and the language of mish. You know, so some people joke around saying this. And because uh, kida is, is, very, is a very high frequency used Egyptian word, ba'a is the same. Some people believe kida is untranslatable, which is not the case in most cases. Ba'a is mostly untranslatable, we can say. And the mish, because we, we use the mish word in negating a sentence. And a mish'aiza, and a mish'aiz, and a mish so-and-so. Or even we split it when we negate um, a verb. Ma'amaltish. Amalt, ma'amaltish. Or amilt, ma'amaltish. If it's Kyrene. This is why they, they joke around saying this is the language of mish. Sorry for interrupting. Uh, you said that ba'a is uh, not translatable? Well, in, in the Egyptian, at least, most of the oh. time. Most of the time. So you use it, maybe you use it in another way. Not ba'a as the verb. We use it as a filler a lot of the time. We can say that something is untranslatable but on a linguistic level or on, on, on a translation level, but of course it still has a translation. However, it's, it's very high frequency used to the extent that you really can't, can't tell its, its exact meaning other than the fact that it's, it's a filler most of the cases. That's not the verb ba'a. Oh, okay. When I say Muhammad ba'a asabi, for example, Muhammad has become more uh, nervous or more, you know, uh, angry and so on. So in this case, it's, it's a verb ba'a. But ba'a as a filler word no, in no, Egyptian? We, uh, we use it uh, like ba'a, we use it as like anymore. No, that's, uh, no, no, no. We don't use it in that sense. We use it this way, yeah. Uh, okay. We can say yalla ba'a. But it's, it's really... Yeah, it, has, it has many meanings. Yeah. Yes, yes. Mostly fillers. So let's go uh, right to kida, which is also a high frequency word. Many people think that it's untranslatable. However, it is translatable. It has so many layers of meanings. So let me send you guys the uh, link to the, uh, f this chapter. It has been posted as a blog as well. Just give me a moment. Are you an Egyptian colloquial Arabic learner? A modern standard Arabic learner? A classical Arabic learner? An Arabic learner anyways? Any other language learner? You've reached a new world. Well, a new language is a new world. Talk like an Egyptian. Rather, talk like an Egyptian. A book on key idiomatic expressions for sounding natural in Egyptian Arabic. Available on Amazon and Lingualism.com Hello, I'm happy to be here in this room. I am newly opened an Instagram account to teach uh, the Egyptian dialect. And I was invited by Ala to this uh, room. And actually she's speaking very well about uh, Kida. I always thought how to add this uh, word in my posts, but it's really hard to uh, find one one translation for this word. It's widely used every day in many, many, many situations, and in each situation, it's not trans trans translatable really. So uh, I now feel how how important to make just a room for this word, this small word. I thought of this, uh, like, uh, like ba'a, not, not, not kida, kida we don't use it in Lebanese, but we use ba'a a lot, actually, and I've never thought of the different meanings of it, and that it's actually 
really, as Allah said, that is not translatable. It's really interesting, even for us natives. Yes, actually, I I found more about my 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 uh, dialect when I started to teach it. Uh, when you just speak in daily life with your dialect without thinking, yeah, it's something yeah, exactly so normal. But when you you start to teach it, you say, wow, all these hidden points and hidden differences between Fusha Arabic and dialect, and you find so many new new verbs different than the, the normal verbs you have like cry it's yabki uh, in fusha but in dialect it's yayat something where did this come from so you have so many new verbs for the learners thank you so much sharif hello i'm happy to be in, in this interesting room thank you so much the pleasure is mine really i'm so happy for having you all we can go by turns if you guys would like. I, I'll be just reading the very introductory paragraph, and then we can go through the different usages of kida. So kida is likely the most uh, quintessentially Egyptian word there is. Not only is it very high frequency in everyday speech, but it is unique to the Egyptian dialect. Kida is related to the modern standard Arabic word hakada, like this but takes on uh, a range of idiomatic meanings on its own and in phrases. Many learners make the mistake of translating like this literally as zayida, but this only works if you mean such as, okay? If you mean to say this way or in that manner, then you should use kida. So the broad meaning and the general meaning of kida is this way or in that manner. In, in Egyptian, when we say da, it's from hada uh, or the, which is to say this. How we made it into Egyptian, we just removed the ha, so keeping only the, and then we transformed the the sound into da, so it became da. So from hada, it has become da. Likewise, ha kada, we, we omitted the, the ha sound, and then kada became kida in Egyptian. So it means this way or in that manner. We can go by turn from, uh, from how the names are, are written. So we can start with Ouiju. Can you read the very first, not the very first paragraph, uh, not the very uh, mini dialogue? Can we start from Heya Shagara, the second Arabic uh, mini dialogue? I'm going to try, but I'm not very good at reading, so be patient. <laughs> Take your time. On, on page two or three? It's page two, Heya Shagara. Okay. Heya uh, Shagara. Is it okay? You did a wonderful job. Uh, okay. Erika, can you read the second line in this mini dialogue? Uh, Habibi, yes. <laughs> Kida, kida, mazbut. Kida, mazbut. So, use the za sound in the you pronounce like kida mazbut. Adding to what Eric was saying, yes, the the letter in 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 standard Arabic is pronounced in Egyptian Arabic as z, mazbut. Okay, we say. And the dod sound sometimes it's transformed into z sound as well. However, the the sound, which is dhel, 
is most of the time trans- uh, transformed into the del. We just tend to make everything easier in a way. So, heya shagara bititrisim kida. Now, that's a, that's a child asking his mom or something. Is a tree drawn like this? So, this is the very first meaning of kida. So, he has drawn a picture uh, of, a, of a tree and it's, he's showing it to his mother. Bititrisim kida. This way, is it drawn like this? And she tells him, aywa ya habibi, kida mazbut. Yes, dear, that's correct. Kida as in. Now, we have to know that this is not a very literal translation, but let's go a little bit literally. Kida, this way, yes, that's correct. That's what she want to tell him. So that's pretty much the very first usage and the very broad usage of Kida. Go ahead. Uh, I just want to say, if you want to listen, there's like a, a triangle of, uh, above uh, or above the dialogue. You can click on it so you can hear dialogue. Thank you so much, Eric. Yes, that's true. Uh, it, was, it was included in the blog, and of course, it's, uh, the, the whole uh, audio of the book is available on the website for those who purchase the book, whether it's an, as an e-book or a paper copy. So, that's the very first usage. Let's uh, skip Mishkida. We will get back to it shortly. But let's go to, towards the, the, the second half of the second page, sometimes, starting with, sometimes Kida doesn't really translate but serves to soften the sentence as a kind of filler. Like we were saying, sometimes it's, untrans- it's untranslatable, as in it's just used as a filler, as a filler word. So we have Abed, and we have, let's say, Eric. Abed, can you play Sorry. Alif? Uh, hanenzil, uh, hanenzil um, I'm not sure that I will pronounce this correctly, but I try. You did a wonderful job. Very correct. <laughs> now, if we remove the word it doesn't make much of a difference in the meaning. Yet, is, is more of a softener. It's just a filler word. It softens the, the sentence a little bit. This uh, in Lebanese, we, it's almost the same uh, meaning, and we use hek. True. If you know it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We use it uh, the same way you use Kida. That's true. We have it also in Algerian. We use Hek. Hek? Yeah. Interesting. Kida is unique to the Egyptian. Egyptian. Yes, okay. Merely Egyptian. Okay, we can go to the second second mini dialogue under the same filler or softener uh, usage. Uiju and Segel. Can you... uh, uh, Segal, you play yeah. Alif, and Uiju, you play B or B. Okay? Segal, go ahead. Um, Alif, is it Alif Fikra? Or is. Uh, Correct, continue. Uh, okay, Alif Fikra. Okay, Alif Fikra. Um, I don't know how to say the del, the yet together. D. D. Alif Fikra, D. Akhir. Marra, Hashtari, Minkum. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Thank you. Libas kida madam. Uiju. Libas. Uiju is secretly Egyptian. Yes, I was just going to say the same. Libas kida madam. Okay. But your Egyptian is is uh, is near native, very very. Yeah, on point. Very advanced, mashallah. She said ala fikra, which means, by the way, 
for your information, this is like a, a tense conversation, maybe uh, between a woman and a seller in a shop. This is the last time I'll ever buy anything from you or I'll ever buy something from you or I'll ever buy from you, literally speaking. And then the man responds, If we remove kida, li is li, why? Bas means but. We use it as but in, in, uh, in Egyptian. Li bas is like, but why? Like, why is this, you know? Li bas Why is it like this? It can be translatable and it can be untranslatable. Here it's just a softener or a filler. If we remove it, it won't affect the meaning uh, very much. Pretty much the same. The f- Hello, I have a question. Sure, go ahead. Do you have an alternative for the word madame in Egyptian? Uh, well, there's a, an entire chapter in this book only for addressing people. And it's very, very diverse and it's very, very different according to the person you're addressing. If you feel like she's a young lady, you will tell her Enissa or Mademoiselle, which is originally French. And some people, uh, trans- like the, the people in the street would say it Mademoiselle sometimes. Yeah, Enissa. It's, it's the most common. Okay. And Madame, if you, if you feel like she's married or if she's old woman. Now, if she's very old woman, you can say Hagga, uh, which means literally someone who has been to pilgrimage and has performed Hagg. So it's like uh, adding a, a, a layer of, of, of respectful meaning to the addressee, okay? Okay, okay. I got you. Uh-huh. And some people would, uh, would like, uh, the, in a very simple sense, and you can find this in, for example, in transportation, in, in traffic and so on, some people might refer to an old woman with ya ummi, my mother, also as a sign of respect. But the most common is... And Anissa and Madame accordingly, but if you make a wrong guess, it's usually not really fa- something um, that, that females like. How, so the, the neutral and the best way is to say Ya Usteza, which is just a formal way of addressing any female, and it works for all. Married, non-married, old or young, Usteza is like Mrs. Just like that. Can I ask a question about what you just said? Um... So uh, you said something about heg, heg. Is, is it hega or just hega? Uh, hega, okay. Or in, keep... in Arabic we say hajja, in my uh, accent, yeah. I keep confusing with that word. Um, you just said I was all automatically thinking with, you know, mafish haga, like hag that one. Haga, it means like a thing, and hega it means uh, what Ella said. Thank you. We can move to the next usage of kida, back to kida. In page number four, kida can refer back to something just mentioned, as in so or thus. You know, in English, when, when you tell someone, I have told him to do this and this and that, and then someone else would say, yes, I said so, without the need to repeat, like the reported speech, you know. So we say kida. Exactly as we use it in English when we say so. We can read this mini dialogue. Who would like to join? Okay, Eric, Eric and Abed. Uh, can you can you read this? Okay. Can you say it a little bit uh, uh, slower because we have people who are <laughs> non Arabs? Okay. حسين قال له كده بس المشكلة انه مسافر كمان اسبوع 
Well, uh, Eric, you just said it, but in an Algerian accent. So, Hussein, <laughs> not Kalla. <laughs> we say it, Allo. Allo. We, we, in Egyptian, we, yes, Allo. Allo kida. Okay. Hussein, Allo kida, Exactly. So here the translation goes as someone has, someone has to, like someone needs to advise Mahmoud to go back to work. Innu, that he should, to go back to work again. Hussein, now the number, number B is, is responding, Hussein did, or Hussein told him so. He has already said the same thing, that he needs to get back to work again. But the problem is that he's going away in a week. He's like traveling in a week. In a week. The problem, but the problem is that, of course, we say, we, we refer to that by in. Inno, he, misafir, kaman isboa, he is traveling in a week. So as we can see here in this, uh, in this usage, it's, it's merely the, the exact same usage of so in English in that sense. I told him so without having to repeat the very same sentence again. Can we get back again to maybe this time Erika and Segal? How about that? Guys, sorry for interrupting. I am very happy to join this room and uh, I am grateful to meet you all and you, Ala. Uh, I have to leave now, but I hope to join you in uh, coming rooms. Thank you so much, Sharif, for joining. And we will be hosting uh, every week, inshallah. I'm planning to make like 12 to 15 sessions under the same title, Talk Like an Egyptian. Uh, That's very when... good and useful also. Thanks. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Uh, Segal and Erika, would you like to read the next uh, mini dialogue? Okay. Okay, go ahead, Erika. Anna, Mishultik, Lastilu. Okay, Anna, Anna, Mishultilik. Tilik, Ultilik. Lazim. Lazim. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That's a that's a male. So anamish ultilak, not lik. Sorry. Anamish ultilak, ultilak, because she's addressing a uh, a male. Okay. Ultilak, lazim. Go ahead. Okay. Anamish ultilak, lazim. They took, they took, they took, they took tour. The doctor, the doctor, ah, uh, the doctor, ah, uh, قلب. قلب. You say help here, Anna? Yes, help. We don't say help. So, Anna, I'm not going to tell you that I'm not going to tell you that's a side note, okay? <laughs> That's the difference, be- pretty much the difference between Kyrene and Alexandrian Egyptian colloquial. So, ما أنا عملت كده فعلاً or ما أنا عملت كده فعلاً. Of course, the, the most common is the Kyrene, like we said, عملت كده فعلاً. عملت كده, I did, so. That's what, what it means. أنا مش قلت لك, didn't I tell you, لازم تروح لدكتور ألب. You should go see a cardiologist. Dr. Elb is a cardiologist. I did so. Ma ana amalta kida falan. I already did so. Here kida means so. We're gonna finalize today by the enthusiastic kida. Of course, kida is a very diverse word. We will continue next time, inshallah, the other uh, usages of, of kida. And then maybe the following weeks we can go into another uh, word. 
So today, let's wrap up with kida, the, the enthusiastic one. An enthusiastic kida, often accompanied by thumbs up, describes someone or something as great, super, or perfect. Now here, it's, it has to do with the tone. When I say, when someone asks me for something, how was it? And I say, oh, it was kida. And then I make a thumbs up. It means like it was super perfect. I'm referring to the thumbs up I'm doing, or sometimes it's a thumbs up or the other one where you have like the index and the thumb joined and then the three others are free. You know this emoji? Like when something is delicious. Yes. So to, to give, um, it's usually uh, accompanied with an enthusiastic tone, sometimes also kankida. And sometimes, more often, it's accompanied with, you know, like a, a nonverbal gesture like the thumbs up and so on. Okay, so we can have Oiju and Erika. Am I a list for... Yes, okay, go ahead, Oiju. Okay. Oh, sorry, it's the next line, right? Super. Is that understand? Yes. Sorry, I'm a little... Yes, yes. Yes, Erika. Yep. Ufi, well, Ufi, and Barry, and Barry, can Almil, Almil, is Amel, Amel, is I, is I, Fi, Elf, it's it's a non-arabic word oiju oiju it's a non-arabic word will buffet which is buffet simply buffet okay ah okay okay will buffet and barah can amal zay fi Farah, yes. La la mau maau akshu kan kida. Kan kida. Okay, the first word, uh, the first part of the sentence. La maulaksh. We have double l sound. Okay, maulaksh. Ah, la ah. So here I have to la. Okay. We say la and la both. We say sometimes la with without a hamza. We say la, and sometimes we say la. Okay. So we have three three ways to say no in Egyptian Arabic. Here it's la or la. Both can can work. Okay. What does that mean? I'll just come to that shortly. Just continue. Okay. Can kida, with a stressed kida. Can kida. Yes. Can kida. Kida as in a thumbs up. It was super. It was perfect. It was great. Here, Ouija uh, was asking you, will buffet the buffet, embarrah yesterday? Can amel zay? How was it? Amel zay? Like how was it? Okay. And how was the buffet at the wedding yesterday? La maulaksh or la maulaksh as we said. Now this is an an exclamatory uh, expression. Where you say, oh, I should, like, you know, when, when in English you say, um, it's used often in a negative uh, context, like, don't ask, you know, it's, it, was, it was horrible. But we, we use the same thing, the same negative sentence, but in another sense, oh, I shouldn't tell you. It's like something like, it was, oh, it's like undescribable. I cannot tell you. It was undescribable. It was perfect. It was super. Okay? So in this uh, context, it's, it's a positive connotation. Okay. Uh, I have one question here. Sure. What What was the word 
yesterday in the sentence. Imbera. Imbera. Okay. Uh, one. Hello. Uh -huh. Go ahead. Uh, I have like a sentence. Uh, tell me if it's used or not. Uh, yesterday we discussed yesta uh, word, and in a sentence we can say yesta kida. Yesta kida. It means like um, what's that man? And it's it's great, right? Well, yasta kida is is kind of taken out of context. It's not a full sentence. Yasta is is we use it to address uh, drivers in general, and sometimes in street men uh, address each other in this way. Uh, I know. But yasta kida, it's like um, kind of like a, a cut sentence. We can say kida yasta. It would make more sense, like answering to something like this way yasta. Okay. 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 Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Okay. You're most welcome. So let's wrap it up with the last uh, mini dialogue and recap the usages we've covered so far today. I, I am very much aware of the ones that we have skipped, so don't worry. Next Saturday, inshallah, we will be going through the rest, which is mishkida, kida kida, kida walla kida, kida kida. We have a lot of usages for kida. So uh, today we, we just covered all the variant usages and meanings of kida. A single kida. So the last dialogue, starting with El Mekaniki. Who would like to read? Segal and Abid, we can say. Uh, let's make Alif as Abid, and Segal, you okay. will play B, okay? Alright. So, El Aiza, uh, uh, you're a female, so Aiza. Okay, so we have three sentences here. Mishaiza Ulek. It's just like ma'ulaksh. Ma'ulaksh, I don't say, I don't tell you. Mish aiza ulak, I don't want to tell you. And they both have the, the same sense of, you won't believe it, you know? It's undescribable. Datila mechaniki e. What a mechanic he turned out to be. E here, it's not a, 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 like a, a literal meaning of a question. It's, it's an exclamatory e. What a mechanic he turned out to be. And then she gives the third sentence, which is the, the answer, Kida. He was perfect. Okay? He was wonderful. He just, he could fix the, the, the car right away. I just want to say, uh, if I can uh, repeat the uh, dialogue with Widjo. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, maybe Widjo <laughs> and Eric, you can read it again. Okay. Uh, so just with the mechanic, okay? Yes. Um, the mechanic No, Arabitic. Now the addressee is a female. This is why he said Arabitic. If it, if it. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, great. And I say, مش عايز أقولك ده طلع ميكانيكي إيه كده 
Now Eric has transformed to make it مش عايز أقول لك مش عايز أقول لك into a, a, a masculine form مش عايزة if it was a feminine form مش عايزة أقول لك or مش عايزة أقول لك ده طلع ميكانيكي إيه كده Wonderful. Uh, one thing, one last thing about Abed's pronunciation and Ouija as well, uh, when it comes to المكانيكي اللي قلتلك or قلتلك accordingly عليه عرف يصلح عربيتك Usually when we say, we say عربيتك We say عربيه when it's just without any suffixes عربيه as in car But when we add uh, a personal pronoun to it So عربيتك عربيتك Because it's harder on the, on the tongue, you know عربيتك <laughs> You get it? And uh, and like we said, Arif is the Kyrene. If we were to say it, Alexandrians, we would say Araf. Araf is Allah Arabic. We often uh, tend to make the diacritics all to Fatha in, in past verbs. Okay? Yes, but the Kyrene, you guys learned the Kyrene. I, I, I just can't help but add my Alexandrian touch, so. <laughs> okay. So, uh, recapping on the, the, the different meanings and usages we've covered so far. So, we have kida as like this or in that manner. We have kida as a filler or a softener, like we said in libasi kida ya madam, and so on. Uh, and we have kida as in so or thus, when we don't need to repeat the whole reported speech again or the whole sentence again. And we have uh, the enthusiastic kida, which means super or perfect often accompanied with a thumbs up or as such la ma ullakch kan kida kan da haga kida fazia it's it's wonderful yeah. so uh, next time inshallah we will be tackling mish kida as a question tag kida kida and kida wikida and kida walla kida and hiya baqit kida or ba kida and also ala kida okay So uh, I hope uh, you guys enjoyed uh, today's uh, room and today's uh, first episode of this uh, podcast posted on Tripod, the trilingual podcast. If you have any questions or any final comments, uh, I'm all ears. Uh, I just want to say it was Kida. <laughs> Thank you so much, Eric. <laughs> uh, I, w- I want to give you a feedback for the book uh, real quick. So uh, I, uh, I bought the book and downloaded every, everything, all the audios, but I just listened to a bit of them. I want to congratulate you for the decision, an intelligent decision, to use the harakat uh, or tashkil uh, with the rule that uh, when you have nothing, it's just ah, it's just the the hat. So it's uh, it's a very uh, useful thing to do because uh, otherwise it would be very you know very detailed and maybe a bit uh, tiring for the eyes. So when you know the rule, it's everything fine. Uh, now, second, uh, the the phrases are very colloquial, and I I feel like I I don't have the guts to say I'm I'm at A1, <laughs> okay, in Mosri, but I I feel like with this book I can surely they get more fluent especially with the audios the audio is cool i like the voices and the, the intonations and also finally uh, why not uh, the design of the book i, I bought the, the pdf is very nice so it's also important to have a nice medium nice visual thank you so much Thank you so much, Uiju, for your feedback. I truly appreciate it. I have to tell you that this was a collaborative effort. So the diacritics part, to be more precise and to be honest with you, it was Matthew's contribution because he is an Egyptian colloquial Arabic learner himself. So he knows what's best for 
uh, the non-Arab learner, what's easier for, for the eye. So this is what makes this book special because we used to make a lot of brainstorming. My, my main contribution was making sure that everything sounds natural, it's high frequent, but he had all, you know, all the other final touches. Uh, the different layers of meanings and the, the usages and so on, because he knows what a learner really needs. I'm really glad that uh, that you liked it and you find it useful. And thank you so much for uh, for this uh, wonderful feedback. Oh, please uh, re- uh, relay my congrats to him. <laughs> sure, sure. Actually, it will be it will be posted in the podcast, and he will post it on his website as well. Can you do PTR and see my picture? <laughs> Ha, okay, Erica, thank you so much. <laughs> Wonderful. That's that's just kidda, you know? What what you just did is kidda. Thank you so much, Erica. Thank you everyone. Uwiju, Sumaya, Erica, Abed, Omar, Segal, Eric and uh, Sharif. Also we had Sharif and everyone else in the room, Hannah, Hossam, Tasneem and we had Yasmin earlier. Everyone who has joined and uh, those I've mentioned and uh, those I've missed, I'm sorry. But it was really lovely having you all. Uh, Looking forward to seeing you again next Saturday, same time, 10 a.m. Cairo time. Uh, We will continue, Kida, and then the following week we will start a new expression. Send me uh, your requests if you have a certain um, idiomatic expression in your mind that you would like us to discuss. Uh, Hopefully, it would be already in the book. Uh, Uwiju, you can help with that since you have the book already. Uh, You can have uh, the book uh, on lingualism as an ebook or on Amazon as a paperback copy. And uh, see you. Masalema. Thank you for listening to Tripod, the trilingual podcast in its English version. You don't have to like, share, or repost. And we don't have to ask you for this. Just do what you feel like you want to do. Looking forward to having you back.